Today in the Chokeslam Wrestling Report, we are going to cover the Supercar of Honor that happened last night. And we're going to go and review all these matches that happened last night. Also, we're going to talk about a little bit of WrestleMania. I know tonight is the first night of WrestleMania. We're going to talk a little bit about the main event, the main stories. We'll go through that. And we're going to talk a little bit about AEW and the whole Brian Danielson heel. And where is this going? We're going to have that and much more on the Chokeslam Wrestling Report. Let's get this. We came out here to tell you to your face, you can't get ready for us. No, sir. Oh, my God. Thank you, Kitty. You bad guy. back with another episode of the chokeslam wrestling report we are live we are live on facebook and we're live on youtube so you guys are welcome to leave your comments and say whatever you want but i am here and we're gonna get to the bottom of all this as as last night we had the uh pleasure well i had the pleasure of watching um supercar of honor last night um it's one of my favorite, favorite shows of Ring of Honor during the year, and I'm glad that they are back um, doing what they do best. Um, you know, um, a lot of people counted Ring of Honor out about a couple of years ago when they decided that, you know, or better yet, the company they owned them, uh, St. Clair, decided that they, they were not going to pay the wrestlers anymore. They were not going to sign any contract. And they were dead in the water. Now, Ring of Honor has been one of my favorites indie, if you want to call that, independent companies out there that I've been following since 2012, probably a little longer than that. And um, so I'm glad that they've been able to, you know, uh, move up little by little. Some company be like, oh, you know, some people actually, some people be like, oh, the, you know, Ring of Honor is garbage, blah, blah, blah. I, and, and it's developmental. That was the best one I heard yesterday. But, you know, that's people's opinion. I don't think it's a developmental. It's just starting all over. They're going to have young people in there doing their thing, and they're going to have the veterans, you know, and that's what it is. But let's get to the review of the Supercar of Honor. The Ring of Honor Zero Hour started off with Jeff Cobb versus Racing Willing. Now, Jeff Cobb has been very, very busy the past couple of days um as you guys know he was in aew dynamite this past wednesday and then he uh he wrestled kenny omega then he was at the multiverse impact uh and um um and he wrestled moose and then after that he was in ring of honor supercar of honor last night when he wrestled tracy williams tracy williams who used to be part of a group called the Foundation, and um, you know, and and, and you know, they, they he was part with I believe was Red Titus, Jay Lethal, and um, Jonathan Gresham, but Tracy William has been battled with um, with uh, a lot of injuries and whatnot as of late, um, and um, so. You know, you don't see him as much as you want to, but he wrestled last night with Jeff Cobb. It was a pretty decent match, even though Jeff Cobb pretty much dominated this match. So he got the win, and afterwards they did the Code of Honor. Then we had uh, Willie Mack versus Kanuski Takeshita. Now, I, I want to talk about him later on during this podcast because it's very interesting what's going on with him in AEW. But anyways, his match with Willie Mack, uh, it was a decent match. Also, you know, good match between both of them. Kanuska ends up winning that match. Uh, Willie Mack, I mean, I don't, that guy, you know, he should be pushed better than what he's being pushed. You know, he was an impact. They really didn't push him like they were supposed to. And then, you know, uh, then afterwards, they kind of, you know, um, they kind of, you know, like, 
he was teaming with Rich Swan at one point, and um, you know, it, it's it, it's it was it was just crazy. Um, I don't think they never they really didn't haven't pushed him like he's supposed. To. I think he got a lot of potential. He was in the NWA at one point. He was the national champion. You know, um, he did well there, but other than that, um, he um, you know, I, I think he should have, you know, he sh- if he's gonna be either in AEW or the uh, or, or anywhere else, I think he should be pushed better than what he's being pushed. Konosuke Takeshita, of course, he's he's the future of wrestling. That, that's the way I gotta see it. But I won't, I'm gonna be talking about him later on during this broadcast. Strew Grayson. I'm glad he's back with AEW, but he wrestled last night, Slim J. Uh, this was a pretty much, you know, a back and forth match. Uh, Slim J showing what he's made of. I'm surprised he's been a 10 year veteran. He looks very young. I think he's been wrestling since six or seven, something like that. I said, but uh, he uh, pretty much gave uh, School Grayson uh, a good match. Then we had actually he beat him with uh, the Nightfall. Grayson beat Slim J. And whatnot. Now, the most interesting part of the zero hour, which pretty much led me to believe that you know it's going to be a good pay per view, was the way the zero hour ended. Dutch and Vincent. Now, Dutch and Vincent were part of the Righteous. Now, Vincent used to be part of the Kingdom. He was uh, feuding with uh, Matt Taven for a while. Now, supposedly, the word around was that Vincent was Uncle Howdy. And whatnot. That's that. That was the word, and whatnot. So all of a sudden now, he's back in Ring of Honor. I don't know if he uh, Uncle Howdy is probably Bo Dallas doing whatever he does, and whatnot. But you know, he did what he had to do. Um, give me a second. Guy, guy, guy. Turn up the, the the water over there. Um, never mind. I'm sending my daughter to turn off the water because uh, that's just bothering me right now. But uh, yeah, we're live, and anything goes on live. But anyway, so Vincent and Dutch are back in Ring of Honor, and um, pretty much, um, you know, uh, it was surprising because I I swore that Vincent was Uncle Howdy, you know, because they were saying that he was backstage in WWE, and the WWE was interested in bringing him back. You know, but actually, before, I forgot there was a match before that between Stu Grace and Slim Jed. Willow Nightingale against Alize. Nightingale wins that a tough little match. Alize, I uh, remember her when she wrestled Roxy, who's now Roxanne Perez in NXT for the Ring of Honor Women's Championship Tournament in the finals. And these two women wrestle each other. But again, going back to the Dutch and uh, Vincent. Uh, there was word going around that uh, uh, Dutch and Vincent wanted to come to WWE, but the WWE was not interested in them. So that's the part I don't get. But then again, it's a lot of always these, these, uh, these, uh, you know, supposedly you know want to be journalists and the dirt sheets claim one, but you you can never get it correct. So. Um, so that was the ending of the zero hour. Then the show started off with an amazing match. I mean, they started off with a banger. Elijo de Vikingo, the triple A mega champion against Commander. Now, this match was off the chambers. I mean, these guys were doing stuff that I mean I, I didn't want to leave the room because I felt like if I leave the room, I was going to miss something. You know what I'm saying? And apparently it was all that it was hyped up to be. The match was so great. There was move. I mean, at one point, I mean, it looked like, um, uh, uh, you know, the Vikingo got hurt with the table. Um, it was just crazy. These guys were doing crazy stuff, whatever. But led off to other stuff later on in the show that this is why some of the moves these wrestlers do nowadays should not, they shouldn't be doing it. I mean, it's okay, it's called high risk move and it's understandable. But at the end of the day, when it's a high risk move, you still have to, you know, be aware that you're going to get hurt. And this, and this match between Vikingo and Commander was crazy. 
they were doing some crazy moves. I mean, I, if I sit down and explain to you every move by move, they were doing mostly uh, walking to the ropes, jumping off corners. And Commander, who I never saw before, I saw him a couple of weeks ago when he was at the, I believe it was the the uh, Casino Royale uh, Battle Royal or whatever it was, and he was in there. He reminds me a little bit of Lince Dorado. I thought it was Lince Dorado, but I was like, that's not Lince Dorado because then when I changed his name, to Liz Dorado's a commander, but commander really impressed me. And at the end, Elijo de Vikingo ends up winning that match. But these guys were doing high risk move, and uh, and it looks like this match was uh, I guess these guys will go at it one more time somewhere in another promotion. But this match was awesome and a good way to open the supercar of honor. Then we have the ring of honor six man tag titles, the embassy, okay which has Brian Cage in it. The word going around for the last couple of weeks was that Brian Cage was done with uh, Ring of Honor and AEW. His contract was over. Everybody already was talking about, oh, here he is. He's going to be, you know, um, he's going to WWE. He's going to be Bobby Lashley's opponent, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, it looks like, he may not be going anywhere. And the reason I say that, because last night the embassy ended up wrestling Blake Christian, A.R. Fox, and Metalik. Yes, that Metalik from WWE in a six-man tag, which was a pretty good, decent match. And it looked like A.R. Fox, Blake Christian, and Metalik were going to beat the embassy. So I was saying, okay, if they beat the embassy, Brian Cage is gone. He's done. He's he's leaving. There's no way in the world they, he's going to come back. No way, you know? Uh, he's done. He's going to WWE. He's probably going to be Bobby Lashley's secret opponent uh, in, in, in um, at WrestleMania because supposedly Bray Wyatt is not feeling well. Whatever the case is, whatever they say, if he might have COVID, we don't know what he has. But at the end of the day, the Embassy ends up beating Blake Christian, ends up beating AR Fox and Mental League, and Brian Cage still holds the Ring of Honor six man tag team titles. He's not going to walk out of Ring of Honor or AEW knowing that he's the champion. Because if that was the case, Tony Khan would have made him drop the belt last night. And he didn't. So Brian Cage is still part of the AEW six-man tag team champion. So it looks like he's not going anywhere. Uh, So it goes to show you, not everybody's running to WWE. No one. Not everybody's running to WWE, and that's a you know that's a, some, a conversation I had with last night with someone. Not everybody is running to WWE. You think wrestlers don't know what's going on in WWE? So just because a wrestler's contract is over, does not guarantee that he's going to WWE. Same thing with AEW. You know, the same thing. You know, wrestling WWE fans should be hopeful that they might get Jay White, but he's in talk with AEW also. So. Again, doesn't mean mean for a guy goes and he says contract is up. That's not guaranteed he's going to WWE. Then we had the Ring of Honor women's title match between Athena and Yaka Sakayasaki. Uh, this was a pretty pretty good match. Uh, uh, but I, I saw that Athena uh, one uh, was really really pretty much putting it on on Sakasaki and uh, Yuka wasn't able to. Uh, overpower Athena. Athena, uh, she fought a hard-fought victory, but uh, she pretty much dominated most of the match. So Athena was not going to lose the belt. She had just beat Mercedes Martinez, I think, in December. She was not going to lose that belt. I think uh, they're going to have to, you know, probably in the, in the weeks to come, when when you know they, they this, now that they have Honor Club, Ring of Honor TV every week on Thursdays, they should be able to set something up. Now, this match was very, very kind of emotional for a lot of people because this was the Ring of Honor World TV title match between Samoa Joe against Mark Briscoe. Now, you know Mark Briscoe's brother passed away in January in a tragic accident in Delaware. And it's been a lot, very emotional every time you see the Briscoes because, you know, it's, it's amazing. Now, to me, this match was pretty good between them two. Uh, I love the way that they started off with the Code of Honor. Samoa Joe wasn't acting like this crazy Samoan guy who wanted to beat up everybody, but this was a pretty good match between them two. And the way the storyline is, the storyline was told was that, yeah, 
Mark Briscoe and Jay Briscoe probably beat Samoa Joe in a tag team match, but they were never able to beat him one-on-one. And Mark Briscoe never got to beat Samoa Joe one-on-one in the past. So this was pretty much a good good storyline that led to this match. There was a good match, which it looked like Mark was going to win. So I figured Mark is going to win because Samoa Joe has had this bring about a TV world title for over a year. You know what I'm saying? So I figure close to a year. So he's about to be the longest champion soon uh, because last night he ends up beating Mark Briscoe. He put him to sleep. Uh, and at the end, he kind of grabbed Mark. It looked like he was going to attack Mark again, but he pushed him. And then he shook his hand and left. So this was kind of emotional. You saw Mark Briscoe's wife, mother, kids in there. So it was kind of emotional. And I was telling my boy Mike uh, uh, yesterday, I was like, it's amazing that this that his brother's not here with us. And in October, I took a picture with him. I always wanted to take a picture with the Briscoes since 2012. but I, And I had an opportunity and I never did. Then I was talking about, oh, I don't care. I don't want to take a picture with them. And again, this higher power does things for a reason. And sure enough, I, I caught up with the Briscoes outside of a building in the House of Glory in Queens, and I was able to take a picture with them. And sure enough, I got able to see the last two matches there. The last match was the House of Glory. Uh, uh, I think it was that. No, because I think they did the, the, the Ring of Honor final battle. But before that, the last match I saw them live was at a House of Glory uh, which they lost the House of Glory tag team titles to the main event. So that was uh, something to remember. So that that match between them two was very, uh, between Samoa Joe and uh, Mark Briscoe was really, really um, emotional. I mean, I got misty a little bit because, you know, these, these are guys that I grew up, uh, grew up watching or I've been watching for a while. And, you know, they, they become like family in one, even though you don't know them, you know what I'm saying? So Hiroshi Tanahashi. Again, a busy man, also another guy from Japan, was uh, he wrestled, uh, I think, at the Multiverse at Impact. Uh, at Tanahashi, I think he came in for Will Osprey, who Osprey is hurt. Uh, wrestled Daniel Garcia from uh, the Jericho Associ- uh, Appreciation Society. Garcia gave Tanahashi a run for his money, but Garcia got pinned. But Tanahashi hit the frog splash from the top rope uh, and and beat Daniel Garcia. Garcia did not want to shake his hand. And during and, and during the match, there were people calling him the wrestler. Of course, the whole storyline with Daniel Garcia, that he's a sports entertainer. Uh, and I think AEW is still running with that, which is just a shot at WWE, which I find is stupid. I mean, they need to kill that already. That's just my, my, uh, my opinion. Then we had the Reach for the Sky match, where the new Ring of Honor tag team belts were on top. This was an awesome match, but a horrific injury happened in this match, which I cannot believe it. And this is one of the reasons I say, and I said it in the beginning of this podcast, was these wrestlers take too much high risk when it comes to having wrestling matches, cage matches, uh, ladder matches. They take too much risk. Okay. And so what happened last night? At the uh, Reach for the Sky match, during the ending of the match, okay, now mind you, let me tell you who was involved in this Reach for the Sky match, which was a ladder match. Aussie Open, The Kingdom, La Faction and Gobernable, Top Flight, and Lucha Bros. These five teams were going for the new Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships. All of a sudden, in the middle of the match, where Dante Martin and uh, Penta are up in the top of the of the um, ladder. They move to an area where the ladder, where another ladder is hold toward the top row like a bridge. And Penta and Dante Martin decided that they were going to do a move that they wanted to wild the crowd. And at the end of the day, a horrific injury happened. Dante Martin was on the receiving end of a Canadian destroyer from the ladder that was held from the top row into two tables that were put on top of each other. And when Dante landed, 
he landed wrong, his ankle, ankle broke, and it was dangling from his leg. The shit reminded me of uh, Sid Vicious when he fought uh, Scott Steiner in WCW when he jumped up the second rope and went to kick Steiner and broke his leg. Similar, same way. I mean, it was uh, the different was that Sid Vicious, his tibia broke. For Dante Martin, his ankle broke. It was dangling. It was just same thing that happened to Dad Prescott, same thing that Dante, happened to Dante Martin. And they cut it off. The, the the camera went off. It was just horrible. I said, "Oh my God, he broke his ankle. His ankle, his ankle is dangling." It was horrific. And at the end of the day, uh, the Lucha Bros ended up winning the 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 Reach for the Skies uh, ladder match. But very very, it was a real. It was horrible. Top Flight has had so much bad luck because Dante's brother had knee surgery a couple of times, and now he's hurt and whatnot but this is what i'm talking about why some of these wrestlers are taking chances doing these stupid moves this is to entertain who to entertain who every time i see a ladder it it, it, it scares me because also uh a dralistico was in the i think uh he was in uh on top of a, of a, a ladder and Matt Taven did a frog splash, and the ladder broke, and you could see that the little piece of metal went up. I don't even know if he got cut. It was just horrific. I mean, I don't know why, but the Lucha Bros ended up winning the Ring of Honor World Tag Team titles. Uh, FTR came out. Uh, Mark Briscoe came out with the old tag team belts, and they hugged each other, and that's the way that ended. But again, at the same time, AEW just lost a tag team or top flight. They lost already the Young Bucks uh, when Mark uh, Matt Jackson with a, with a torn bicep. So that's two tag teams they already lost. We're doing crazy stuff. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So then the next match was the pure title match. A lot of people were pissed off at Wheeler Yuta for the simple fact that Wheeler Yuta was using. Uh, Masawa's style of wrestling gear. Masawa was a former, he was the former Tiger Mask. He was a former uh, All Japan Triple Champion. He was a former Global Honor Champion. And when he died, I think it was 2004, I don't remember where he died, but Masawa was in, was pants, was being worn something similar to Masawa's style of, of, of wrestling gear. By Willie Yuta. Willie Yuta was in the ring with Shibata. Kazushi Shibata. And this one, I was like, well, Shibata's not gonna, Shibata's not gonna beat him because, you know, they're not gonna give the belt to a guy who's been injured before. Well, Lord and behold, Yuta, Willie Yuta came up with John Moxley, and I thought John Moxley was gonna stay out there, but he was not allowed since he's a pure. Uh, title match and a pure title match. There's no outside inference, nothing. They've cost or off the wrestler loses the belt. Uh, but Shibata beat Yuta for the pure title. And Shibata, I'm telling you, he was out wrestling Wheeler Yuta through this whole match. I don't know what went through Wheeler Yuta that he thought he could get in the ring and wrestle Mr. Shibata. So uh, Shibata beats Wheeler Yuta for the belt. And it's been six years since this man won a title. So Unbelievable. The Ring of Honor world title was everything that we hoped for. The hatred between Eddie Kingston and Claudio Castelloni, uh, and it was pretty good. I mean, and, and I thought that Eddie was going to beat him. Being that Yubula Yuta lost the belt, so now he probably is not going to be in Ring of Honor since he lost the belt. He's going to be more in AEW. And so I'm thinking, okay, Eddie Kingston is going to beat Claudio, and Claudio is going to be not only in uh AEW. Well, apparently not, because what happened is now uh Claudia Castelloni end up beating Eddie Kingston. But this is not over though. And then afterwards they try Willie Yuta and Claudia try to jump Eddie Kingston and uh Shibata came out to the to to you know to help Eddie Kingston. So it looks like there's gonna be a tag team between these two and we could see a a uh a Claudio versus Shibata. That would be an awesome match. 
The only thing I'm worried about is your body will be able to take those punishment from, um, you know, from Claudia. But that was your Supercar of Honor review. Um, so uh, let me know what you guys think. Leave me your comments and whatnot. So before I continue on to my next topic, uh, guys, you can follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Facebook, and you can follow me on Instagram. I'm on all social media outlets. You can find me there. You can also, not only you can see this through the broadcast, like you've seen it right through Facebook and YouTube, but you can also listen to the same podcast. Also, if you don't have time to look it through YouTube or Facebook, you can also listen to it through the audio podcast uh, through Apple, Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, you can hear it through all that. Any audio podcast that you guys like to listen to your favorite show. Again, guys, you know, support the podcast. Also, I have a merchandise store uh, called tcwr.veryinkpressive.com. That's tcwr.veryinkpressive.com. You can check out my shirts, hoodies, hats. They're all there. You could just log in or register to the website. To tcwr.veryinkpressive.com, the home of the Chokeslam Wrestling Report. So check that out. So let's go to the next topic, and we're going to be talking now a little bit of WrestleMania. Now, we know tonight it's night one of WrestleMania. Tomorrow is night two of WrestleMania. Usually, the way I've been doing my podcast for the last four years has been uh, me watching a event and then talking about it. But since WWE insists of doing two nights of wrestlemania so i will i'm here early i'm not going to be able to give you my feedback either tonight or tomorrow about it but all i can tell you is that the almost interesting part of the uh of wrestlemania is the roman reigns versus cody rhodes and the usos versus kevin owens and Sami Zayn. now again what happened this past monday we saw that uh, Solo Sokoa lost to Cody thanks to outside interference from the Usos who then were, uh, you know, they tried to interfere in that match and all of a sudden Owens and Zayn came out and distracted Solo Sokoa and Solo Sokoa got pinned and whatnot. So what's going to happen? A lot of people do not want Cody Rhodes to win the WWE Championship. For the simple reason, they want Roman Reigns to make a thousand-day champion. Now, my thing is, why do people want this? Let's say, if Cody does not win the title, from here to SummerSlam, who the hell is Roman Reigns going to wrestle? And I don't want to hear people talking about, oh, he could take a break, whatever. Then what's the point of him being the champion? He holds both belts. That's number one. Number two, there's also rumors going around that if Cody Rhodes does not win the championship, it's going to be an outside interference. There's a lot of talk of Randy Orton to come back. So is Randy Orton showing up at WrestleMania and costing Cody Rhodes the WWE title? That is also up in the air. But then again, we don't know. But the bottom line is, why does not why people want to have Roman Reigns a thousand? Day's champion. He's still not going to break the Bruno San Martino record, regardless. Regardless, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. You know what I'm saying? Because Bruno had the belt for 11 years. He had four, I believe, seven in one year and four in the other. So that's 11. And his two title rings. You know what I'm saying? So either, either way, I mean, I don't understand what's going to happen. I mean, the whole bloodline storyline it's falling into place you think about it a couple of weeks ago we had the roman reigns and cody uh promo where after that cody told uh, roman that he loses the belt he's losing his whole tribe and it was solo sakura and cody and it looked like you know right there there's the story that you know that, that if roman loses the belt these guys are going to walk away from him. So the Sokol was ready to fight Cody, and Roman Reigns stopped him and got on his case. Okay? Now this whole thing is, is you know, is falling into place. The Usos are going to lose the belts tonight. They're going to lose the belts tonight. 
And that's going to set up for what's happening tomorrow night, which is Cody versus Roman Reigns. Now, there are other matches they're including that I feel uh, that should be done right. But we're talking about WWE. They don't do half of this shit right. So let's talk about one. The Austin Theory and John Cena match. The Austin Theory-John Cena match. Austin Theory should beat John Cena. John Cena should put him over regardless. Do not beat, don't make this man lose the freaking United States title just to please the John Cena fans. Okay? Because I, John Cena is done. John Cena should not be there because WWE loves this nostalgia bullshit every year. Okay? Also, these, uh, the six, I think the six woman tag team between Lita, uh, I think it's Lita, Trish Stratus, and Becky against, um, the uh, uh oh my god what's her name not becky the other one i forgot uh bailey and her and her, her squad uh i see a turn there that this there was word going around that trish stratus may turn on them but all could happen monday it could happen one of those days so it never happened so that could happen but that's still up in the air i could still see probably trish stratus and lita and, and becky lynch winning that you know, the Charlotte versus Rhea Ripley. Charlotte should not win the damn match. Okay. Rhea Ripley has been having, she has had a run as far as the what she's been doing the last couple of months. If Rhea Ripley loses to Charlotte Flair, Charlotte Flair, they, they're running the same bullshit that happened three years ago when they had, um, who that? They had, Charlotte beat Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania on 2020 pandemic. So, and uh, I think it was for the NXT title. And Charlotte didn't do nothing for that title. And I don't want to see Charlotte in another promo. That woman just talks. My gosh, she's on fuck. She talks. Who cares? Can't stand her. Uh, Oscar versus Bianca Belair. I don't know. It's, that's, that's a little iffy there. Bianca probably still beat Oscar. It might be a tough match. So, you know, uh, uh, who else? Uh, Bobby Lashley. Who is he going to wrestle? Because not now it doesn't look like it's going to be uh, Brian Cage. You know what I'm saying? And why not? Because he's still the six-man tag team champion unless he walks out and leaves, uh, and leaves the belt. That's the only thing I can think of. Uh, and is Jay White going to show up at WrestleMania tonight or tomorrow? Or will he show up on Monday? If he don't show up on any of those three days, he's not coming to WWE. I'm going to tell you that right now. So um, that's my prediction and whatnot. So, you know, um, also what else? Uh, what other matches there that I... As far as those that those matches with uh, uh, Ricochet, uh, the Viking Raiders, Braun Strowman, why are we having a tag team match? These tag teams? WWE doesn't like tag team. Now they want to make a tag team scene after all this time that the Usos been dominating the tag team scene. Uh, uh, the Street Profits has been all right, but we all know that Monte Ford is going to be a singles very, very soon. And who knows? Who knows? Who knows what we're going to see? But, you know, uh, the, 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 the car looks, man, kind of decent, but. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not losing sleep tonight for that. I mean, I could watch that tomorrow. Uh, and whatnot, but uh, like I said, my my main interests are the Usos versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn tonight. Maybe the Austin Theory against John Cena. See what that where that goes. Uh, and I think the real Ripley and Charlotte's tonight. I'm not sure yet. I gotta see the card. But and then tomorrow night will be the Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns. If Cody loses tomorrow, what is what are the, what is WWE doing? They're that desperate that they can, they don't want to let go of Roman Reigns of being champion. It's just it's just crazy. It's just crazy to me. But you know, let's talk about AEW. AEW this week and whatnot. I kind of like wrote down some of the stuff. It was very, very interesting this week as far as AEW is concerned. Um, they had uh, let's 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 see. They had uh. Yeah, they had this um, Jungle Boy against Matt Hardy. I don't know why they had this match, but it's getting ridiculous. 
right now with this, uh, you know, the, the, the firm. This was supposed to be a group of guys that was going to bring fear into the roster. That has become a joke. Ethan Page again in the middle of doing funny crap. Okay, it's just nonsense. So now it looks like uh, after Jungle Boy defeated Matt Hardy, uh, Hook Hook came out during the middle of the match, and it looks like uh, at that time it looked like Hook and Ethan Page were going to fight against each other. And sure enough, the FTW dot belt, which means nothing in W in AEW, going to go at it with Ethan Page next week for the FTW belt. And after that, Jungle Boy beats uh, Matt Hardy. MJF came out. And they had a, a conversation, and it, but it looks like it's going to be probably it's going to be a four way. I see it's going to be a four way between uh, MJF, Sammy Guevara, Darby Allen against uh, uh, and Jungle Boy, and for the world title at Double or Nothing and whatnot. So that's it could be. And then the following match was Dalton Castle and the Boys, and they just got demolished. But the, the Blackpool Combat Club. The Blackpool Combat Club has become the most dangerous faction now in AEW. And they're about to feud with the elite. Okay. And speaking about the elite, I know, like I said, mentioned Matt Jackson has a torn bicep. So there's word around now, or what I've been seeing. Okay. Because afterwards, they were interviewing Adam Page in the back. Adam Page got attacked. Actually, it wasn't, no, he wasn't being interviewed. I think Don Callis was trying to talk to him. And BCC went and jumped him. And then they beat up Adam Page. Then John Moxley goes and hits Don Callis and busting him open. Okay. So it looks to me that it looks like Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, and Adam Page, the elite, the original elite, are going to go against the, the Blackpool Combat Club. Now, my head was like, well, there's only three guys right now. Daniel, uh, Brian Danielson has been home, nursing injuries from his match at MJF. And sure enough, he showed up. He showed up and whatnot. And he showed up at the match between, I believe, was the, I'm correct. Let's see. Uh, yeah, it was in the match where um, Kenny Omega versus Jeff Cobb. Kenny Omega versus Jeff Cobb, that match was pretty good between both of these guys that gave it all. Jeff Cobb, like I said, he's a busy, he's been a busy guy all week. But Kenny Omega ended up beating Jeff Cobb and whatnot. And then Blackpool Combat Club shows up, comes out, and he looks like he's about to get jumped. And Brian Danielson shows up. The minute I saw Brian Danielson in the ring, I said, he's going to turn on Omega. It was just a matter of time. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. They ended up beating the crap out of Kenny Omega, they lay him out. And then uh, Omega's uh, Stooges came in. Uh, Brandon Cutler got beat up. The other guy got beat up. Michael Nakasawa, he got beat up. Security got beat up. And they weren't able to do nothing. So now my thing is, okay, so now BCC got the all four members together. Now, there's words that they're going to have a... Uh, what is it? Uh, blood and guts for double or nothing. So if they're going to have five guys, who else are they bringing in for the black pool combat club? There's word that to, to, uh, Takesta, who Don Callis has been trying to bring them in to the elite. Uh, may be the one who's going to join the Blackpool combat club. So when that happens, who is going to be the fifth member? For the elite, I'm saying it right now, and I'm talking about Kota Ibushi. Now, for a lot of people who don't remember, when the elite was in Japan and Kenny Omega won the IWGP world title from Kosciuszko Okada, okay, when they took uh, the picture all together, Ibushi was in there, and they the first thing they did, they did a, a, a shirt with the elite, and with the golden with the golden logo around it on the on the on the fonts and the, the square, because they were you know the 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 elite. But remember, Omega was teaming up with Ibushi as the Golden Lovers. So there you go. That's gonna be that could be the main event. Well, I think co-main event 
at double or nothing. So that's that's something to watch. Adam Cole also made his comeback again. Uh, but before that, we saw AEW International match between Orange Cassidy and Butcher. Uh, that was a that was a lot of interference from Blade coming in and out. Where you had then the best friend comes in, and they pretty much uh, tried to interfere. Blah blah blah. And uh, of course, Orange Cassidy ends up being, but, but somebody's got to be uh, uh, Cassidy already for this belt because uh, you know you got a lot of guys. I mean, I, I don't understand it. So Ruby Soho defeated Willow. Afterward, the Outcast attack Willow. Riho and Sky Blue comes out. They get taken out, and then Jamie Hader comes out for the save. That whole uh, woman stuff. I mean, they gotta. I don't, I don't know. I, they gotta do something better than that. It's, it's getting boring every week. Seeing the same three girls feuding with Sky Blue. Why is Sky Blue coming out? That girl gets beat up every week. Riho, I could take because Riho used to be the. She was the first angle, angle rule, uh, women's champion. But Sky Blue, come on, give me a break. Adam Cole again, like I said, defeated Daniel Garcia. And there was two scary moments in this match. Daniel Garcia went and hit two power drivers on Cole. Now, mind you, Adam Cole has been out with a concussion since June when he, uh, I don't know, I think it was Jay White. Somebody hit him, and he caught a concussion at Forbidden Door. And Daniel Garcia hit him twice. And I'm not talking about regular little power driver. He spiked his ass. Okay? that I was like, oh, my God. And... After the match, he, he was holding his neck. Uh, Britt Baker came out. But it's interesting. Chris Jericho came out to check on Daniel Garcia and whatnot because uh, he got hit with the, uh, 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 what is this, uh, Panama Sunrise, I think that's what Adam Cole calls that move. And then he hit him with the Shining Wizard and pinned Daniel Garcia. But it looks now like Adam Cole will be feuding with Chris Jericho. That'll be beautiful. That's gonna be a good, a good, good um, little feud there, and I can't wait for the uh, the promos on that. So, um, but yeah, so you know, you know, it's 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 crazy. Uh, this week with all this wrestling stuff, um, I also got some little news here and there. A WWE writer who contributed contributed came and talk heavily to Firefly Funhouse departed from the company. Fightful Select has confronted Nick Manfredi. He left the company earlier this year. Manfredi had been with WWE for well over a decade, having joined the fall on the spring of 2010. Manfredi uh, was heavily influenced in the creation and creator of the Firefly Funhouse segment. So he's gone. Let me see. So um, Action Andretti provides updates his health after a match that was stopped on March 24th at AEW Dark Taping. Action Andretti was competing against Slim J when his match was stopped after he hit his head. Fortunately, the up-and-coming superstar is doing okay and provided an update on social media where he said to anyone wondering, I did not suffer any injuries yesterday at the dark taping in Orlando, and I am 100% healthy. I want to thank the AEW medical team and the rest of the AEW staff for taking proper safety precautions to ensure that I was okay and no, I had no serious injury. Uh... Impact don't have a world champion because Josh Alexander had uh, had a tricep uh, injury and Josh Alexander is fresh of a tricep surgery and is taking a break from social media to spend time with the family. He said, I love this sport, this business, whatever you want to call it. Now I'm out indefinitely with a torn tricep. You can bet I'll make the best of this time off too. I'll be back. And when I am, I'll be there. I'll be better than ever before. And I'm stepping away from the social to spend some such needed time with my family and do concentrate 100% on my energy on myself. I love you all. It's never goodbye. It's just see you later. There you go. So now AEW uh, Impact uh, pretty much don't have a world champion. I don't know what they're planning to do. I don't really watch that Impact like that, but I know they got sacrifice coming up. Unless they're planning to do a tournament or something. I don't know. So... That's going to be interesting. Uh, uh, how majority of AEW roster filter was CM Punk reveal? PW Torch, actually, has now reported on the feelings in the AEW locker room on the possibility of a return for CM Punk, saying, for one, 
John Moxley and CM Punk do not like each other that much. Anybody I ask around will say that. It's very clear. There's tension to a degree, and certainly they are not in position now where anyone will predict that they will want to work together or if they will even feel comfortable working together in a promo or whatever. Beyond Moxley, Wade Keller will go on and say, from what I can gather, the sentiment is that he's just not welcome back. The wrestlers don't want him back. The majority of wrestlers don't want him back. I will go as far as even saying that my sources are saying the mass majority of wrestlers don't want him back. There you go. One person said maybe one or two of the top third of the roster want him back and top and top half. And there are some younger guys who liked him. In terms of the top star, the politics are not terribly among the top guys. There is some tension among top guys, but it's mostly Punk doesn't get along with Hangman. Punk doesn't get along with Moxley. Punk doesn't get along with Kenny. Punk doesn't get along with the Bucks. Punk doesn't get along with MJF. So it looks like this guy can't get along with anybody. So he's the problem. Come on. You may not have get along with a couple of guys, but all these people? Actually, I'm not sure on the MJF thing, but I think the way things went down, even that situation, it's not as strong as it was. was. Punk is the exception up to that right now. Him going off on Instagram really hurt the chances of him being welcomed back. One wrestler I talked to, Ara, said that it might not matter what the wrestler think. If Tony Khan wants Punk back, Punk might be brought back. Yeah, you do that, Tony. See if your guys don't walk out. Remember, there's no union. So, there you go. Former AEW TNT champion considering the WWE move. Of course, this came from Conan keeping it in 100 pocket. I know that, that he believes WWE would love to add someone like Warlord to his roster. I'm not saying that he can't be re- rehabilitated, but there was no reason to do what you've done to him unless he has heat. I'm not saying that he can't be. Uh, I'm sorry. But the only thing you're doing is this guy who is good looking, young, good wrestler, athletic, good promo, likable. He's probably thinking, what am I doing here? Maybe I should go to WWE. Really? Okay. I'm sure they'd love to have him, but I think AJ dropped the ball on him. I, I agree with him on that. I think they did drop the ball. Uh, New Japan star recalls turning down offers from other promotions. New Japan star Pat Luck Fale has confirmed that he previously turned down offers from other promotions while with New Japan Pro Wrestling. He said, I don't want to mention names, but there were a couple of times interested from other companies was expressed. And I did turn down because I'm not interested in going over there. And like I said, I'm happy trying to develop and grow this territory, which in the long run will help me more. They're going over there and having a short run or being used up and spat out like most of the guys to go over there. He's talking about WWE. I love Bad Luck Fale. Matt Cardona said, not signing with AEW was a blessing in disguise. I'll be on dark. That's not what I wanted. Well, you know, Cardona explained in speaking casual conversation with the wrestling classic, explained how Cody Rhodes initially helped him get started in the independent, put him in touch with his agent. He said, Cody right away put me in contact with his agent, gave me some great advice, but like in the wrestling business, if a producer or agent is giving you a feedback on a match, sometimes that advice doesn't work for you. I realize I don't want an agent. I don't need somebody doing my bookings. I want to be in the trenches. I want to be the guy knowing the numbers. I want to be the guy doing the negotiating. I want to be the guy in control. So Cody set me up for sure. Walker Dona ultimately ended up not signing with AEW. He said he now looks back on this as a blessing in disguise because he believed he would be one of the wrestlers prior in wrestling AEW Dark, and that's not something he envisioned for his career. Well, he ain't doing much. He went to he went to Impact and won what the digital championship. Now the guy got a bunch of indie belts and won the NWA belt, but then he got hurt. But it is what it is. So, but you know, uh, I know John Moxley was in his wife podcast. I mean, and people just took this shit out of content, and uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. It just it, it's it's ridiculous. I'm not even going to get into it because the the uh, IWC is so so toxic. People will just and they'll get they'll listen to a whole podcast and they just get one little stupid thing and make it out of out of pocket. But anyway. Uh, you know, um, WWE sale process shaping up to be a hot and heavy with interest. Well, I said this person who is uh, David Faber from the CNBC squad on the street. He said, what I'm hearing at least from people familiar with the situation is it's shaping up to be a pretty good sale process. So people saying pretty hot and heavy. Those who were even somewhat doubtful. In fact, 
that you get to sell in the end seems less so. Does that mean somebody get done? Something gets done here? Unclear. Who is participating? We could all take our various guesses. As reported previously, is there interest from Endeavor, for example, in pursuing what would be complex transaction in turn with reverse Morris Trust, where they will spin off UFC into a new company and control that company, which will be merged with WWE? There's a lot of things going on. Saudi Arabia is involved in this. WWE might get, you know, sold, but they're not going to get sold by NBC because Comcast, to, to they understand, is not even part of the sale process. Disney's not going to take it because Disney right now is cutting off 7,000 employees and whatnot. So they're not going to be in it. So I'm, I'll laugh if they, McMahon's that stupid to sell it to the Saudis. I, I want to see what channel is going to put WWE in American. So after all the bullcrap that's been going on. So that is it for me today, guys. Uh, it was a lot to uh, to talk. I don't like doing long, long podcasts because sometimes people just get bored. But I try to make it as excited as I can. But again, guys, you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter. Most of the time I'm on Twitter. I like Twitter because I can just leave whatever I think about, whatever I feel like saying. I could just say it. Uh, so you guys can follow me there. Check out, again, my tcwr.veryimpressive.com uh, merchandise store, the home of the Chokesland Wrestling Port. You get the hats t-shirts uh if you guys want to check it out you can go to my twitter account and you'll see my shirts my hats there just click the link and it'll take you directly right there you'll get access to the uh to the youtube channel access to the audio podcast again you can listen to this if you guys don't have time to watch the actual video you can listen to it also in audio so don't hesitate so you know but i like going through video because people like to watch instead of listening so uh, so again, follow me on YouTube, guys. Hit that notification bell. Subscribe to the channel, the Chokesland Wrestling Report. Uh, you can again, you go. Oh, I'm also available on Facebook. I'm live, but we're not live right now, so anything goes. So anything goes. So with that, guys, that is it for me. And hopefully, you guys enjoy WrestleMania, all that good stuff, and um, you know, enjoy tonight because uh, me personally, uh, I don't know. I, I I don't know if I'm going to be able to watch WrestleMania tonight. It's too it's ends late and I'm tired. So I know it's early, but I'm tired. Until then, guys, be safe and we will see each other next week.